We're going to continue on tonight um, in uh, 2.4. Is that what you got? We're on the same page. Good. That's good. And so we're going to talk about some things tonight. We're going to talk about adoption. Praise God. We're going to talk about what the Lord has done for us. And we're going to look at some, uh, we're going to look at a minor character in the, um, in, in the Bible. You know, we all know about um, David. We know about Peter, James, these guys. But anybody here ever heard of a man named Mephibosheth? Yeah, how would you like to have that name? Praise God, that one would go over well in second and third grade, wouldn't it? Yeah, Mephibosheth. Boy, you've got to say that a few times, don't you? Praise God. I don't know if you know what the word means. The word Mephibosheth actually means exterminating the idol. That's what it means. You know, that's one thing about the characters of the Bible. Um, the names meant things. I mean, they, they named them after circ circumstances and, and situations. But we're going we're gonna to look into this character tonight. He um, was a man that, that um, was restored and, and got some blessings, and hopefully we can put some spiritual um, ramifications on that for you in Jesus' name. Praise God. Uh, first of all, let me go ahead and read this. Um, we're talking about adoption here. It says, within every human being is the basic need of belonging. We desire family and community. The bond from one person to another is essential to our physical, mental, and emotional health. Even more important, it is critical to our spiritual health. Can somebody say amen? We need to learn. We need to belong. Praise God. And so the, uh, the, the dictionary defines an orphan as a child deprived by death of one or usually both parents. That's what the uh, definition is. It defines adopted as legally made the son or daughter of someone other than a biological parent. Orphans hope and need to be adopted. Yeah. When children lose their parents, they lose an essential connection to the family that is necessary to be happy, healthy, and productive. Unless they are adopted into a loving and nurturing, nurturing family, that connection can never be regained. So the World Orphans Organization reports that there are approximately, get this, 140 million orphans in the world. 140 million of them. And with that, that means 140 million young children need a family to love them and to believe in them. And so they need parents who will take them in regardless of where they come from. And those parents will help them focus on their future and not on their past. Ultimately and ideally, these children will grow up to be healthy, happy, productive. And they, in turn, will raise children who will do the same. And so just like physical orphans, literally, we were all spiritual orphans. Can you say amen? Yeah. We needed a spiritual family to take us in and nurture us, and we needed a father to love and to protect us and to provide for us. And the Bible lets us know that God has adopted us into his family. We're going to look at some scripture here tonight that support the fact that that's how the Bible terms you and I. We are adopted into the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? amen? 
when we are born again, hallelujah, we are part of the largest, come on, part of the largest adopted family on the face of the earth. Come on, put that book down right now and just lift up both of those hands right now and just ask the Lord to help you to understand this in a better way. Come on, you and I have been adopted. Mm, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What a privilege you and I have been adopted into the kingdom of God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, that's right, Lord God. Let that just go past any and all veneer right now. Let that hit the, the center of the heart in the name of Jesus. Let every person in this place tonight, Lord God, feel the, 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 the tremendous impact of that. Praise God. God, you have adopted us. You've adopted us in the name of Jesus. Oh, I thank you, Lord God, for that. I appreciate that, Lord God. That is such a privilege in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. What an awesome thing. Can you say amen? Uh, back to this char character of Mephibosheth. Um, you know, it was a tragedy. Um, I, if you study the Bible, you're going to find that, the, um, that Saul um, was defeated on the battlefield. Um, you know, he, was, he, 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 he did not do what God wanted him to do completely. And so he ended up going to the battlefield, and he ended up dying. I don't know if you remember or not, but God gave Saul certain marching orders. And one of those marching orders at one time was that he was to, to, to eliminate the Amalekites. Now, I understand that we look at that and we sometimes have a hard time wrapping ourselves around that. Somebody was asking me the other day about, um, you know, about, about a certain situation. And, you know, I don't know. You know, I'm not God. And I do know that God, because of his... Um, omniscience. He knows everything, praise God. You know, we have to trust in that from time to time. You know, there's going to become, there's coming a judgment on this earth that I, I, I again, I don't have a, I have a hard time wrapping myself around it too. But I understand this about my loving God. This is what I, uh, um, I, um, you know, I embrace, is that my God is a loving God, and that my God is one that will give everybody an opportunity to come to him. I believe that. I believe that, you know, when it's all told, said, and done, you know, um, that, uh, that there's going to be many, and in my opinion, I, there's going to be hundreds, hundreds, probably thousands of times where people, where, where that, that knock was on their door, and God was knocking on their door. Praise God. And so you and I must understand that when we see the judgments of God, one of the things that you and I must in my opinion, we must embrace first, is that first of all, our God is a loving God. The Bible says he is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. Can you say amen? Do you believe that tonight? Praise God. Now, I understand, and because I'm the same way, I don't understand that. I don't have the view that God does, but I have to trust that he does, okay? And so Saul, because of disobedience, he was defeated on, on the battlefield. And the protocol back then was when, once that a, a kingship was defeated, usually they were going to come after his family. You know, they were going to eliminate the entire thing. And so in the fourth chapter of, I believe, fourth chapter of the book of um, Second Samuel, you can read about Mephibosheth for the first time. 
And what he was is Mephibosheth was the son of Jonathan, who was the son of Saul, okay? And so he had a heritage. You know, if Saul would have lived, he would have had, he would have uh, uh, been adopted into that kingdom. Or not adopted, but he would have been naturally into that kingdom. But because Saul was defeated, you know, you know the, the, the circumstances had changed. And so in their haste to get out of the palace, they, the, I don't know how it went that day, but people came running in and said, he's been defeated. And so the nurse, the nurse of Mephibosheth, you know, grabbed him up and um, was running out of the door and, and trying to run to safety, that type of thing. And in her haste, she literally dropped the child. And the child fell and was injured from that point on. Bible says he was injured in his feet and in his legs. And so he had, he had difficulty, praise God. And so, so Mephibosheth was a wounded person. Now again, I, I look at this and I, and I see so much in the spirit realm for you and I. All of us have been wounded. All of us have had life pounce on us from time to time. And, you know, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the Jews, you know, they embraced that theory that if somebody had problems like that, you know, if something like that happened to them, a lot of times they felt like that was the judgment of God. And, boy, that's a cruel way to look at things, isn't it? Boy, people would have a poor disposition after, after hearing that. But you and I, we understand that, 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 that you know, God allows things to happen, but he's not the author of that kind of stuff. There's a lot of things that happen in life that I'm not going to sit or stand up here tonight and pretend that I understand them all. But I know when it, when it comes down to the end game, praise God, my God is a loving God, and he wants to restore every person on this earth in Jesus' name. And that's why the story of Mephibosheth is such a, such a beautiful one, praise God, because it's a story of restoration. It's a story of somebody getting themselves restored into the kingdom, praise God. Go with me, if you would, to the, um, the book of 2 Samuel. Let me show you what I'm talking about here. 2 Samuel chapter number, I believe it's chapter number 9. Now we're going to pick up uh, Mephibosheth later on in life, and he's hiding right now. You know, he's he's been banished from the kingdom, and and um, you know, circumstances don't look too good for him. And you know, it kind of describes a lot of people in life, as far as I'm concerned. You know, sometimes life deals us out a tough hand, and and sometimes we just don't know what to do. But thank God, you know, that we we serve a God that wants to restore us in the name of Jesus. And I believe that there's even somebody in here, maybe somebody online tonight, that you can be restored into the kingdom of our almighty God in Jesus' name. Praise God. See, folks, when you and I were born again, that's when it happened. Amen. We saw, we entered into the kingdom of God, and things changed from there on out in Jesus' name. But go with me to this story. I think it's worth us, um, you know, uh, uh, looking at this. The ninth chapter of the book of of 2 Samuel chapter number 9 and verse number 1. Now again, this is years later. Mephibosheth has escaped. He's actually in hiding right now. And thank God for a godly king. Thank God for godly people. And here's the situation. The Bible says, and David said, is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul. Now David had come into the kingdom now, and of course that was a process too. Saul spent the last, I don't know how many years of his life, you know, in, in, in just uh, a waste in my opinion. He tried to, tried to kill David, he was jealous. I mean, all of that encompassed Saul. 
and it's just a sad situation. You know, the life of Saul at the end is really a sad situation, but that doesn't have to be ours. Praise God. And I thank God that, that David had a heart that was after, you know, the Bible says he had, a, his heart, he had a heart that was after God. And so we see that David came onto the scene years later, and he asked the question. He says, is there anybody left? Is there anybody left in the house of Saul? And wh what I want to do is I want to show him kindness. And you've got to understand, him and Jonathan were, were, were good friends. Now, Jonathan was a whole lot older than David. He was. But nevertheless, they, they bonded. There was something about that relationship that really stuck. And David remembered that. Praise God. And so here's David. He's coming into the kingdom now. He's in charge. He can say what goes and what doesn't. Praise God. And so what he does is he asks the question. He says, here, is there anybody left? Anybody left in, 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 in Saul's house or, you know, that I can show kindness to? And the Bible says in verse number two, it says, And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. It says, And when they had called him unto David, David calls this servant. Because the servant has a connection here, okay? And the Bible says, And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the scripture says in verse number 3, And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show kindness, or show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son. Look at this. Yeah. He has a son which is lame on his feet. And the Bible says, and the king said unto him, where is he at? Come on, this is, a, this is a beautiful story, folks. I'm telling you, where is he at? And Ziba said unto, him, unto the king, behold, he is in the house of Makar. It says the son of Emiel and in Lodibar, I think is how you pronounce that. So he's off someplace, he was hiding. And the scripture says, then the king David sent and fetched him out of the house, you know, uh, where he was at. And now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, behold thy servant. Now you got to understand the scene here. He comes into David and he's not knowing what's going to happen here. In fact, you know, protocol was going to take place here. You know, he's probably going to die. And so you've got to understand the fear that's in this guy's heart. But the Bible says, David said unto him, fear not. Come on, anybody ever heard those words from the Almighty God? Come on, why don't you lift up your hands right now and thank God for that message. God is not here, praise God. He's not here to put you in some kind of a turmoil. He's here to give you something called fear not. Oh, in fact, the Bible says he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of love and a power and a sound mind. Somebody right here tonight can get renewed in that spirit in the name of Jesus. Right here tonight on a Wednesday night. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. So catch the scene. Here comes Mephibosheth, and he's, he's fearful. He doesn't know what exactly is going to happen. But the first words, you know, or what, some of the first words that he sees out of, his, out of his king, praise God, is he says he hears the words, fear not. Amen. And the, somebody said one time that, the, that I think that the word fear not is 365 times in the Bible, in the King James Version Bible. One for every day. God can give you that message every day of the week and of the year in Jesus' name. And in fact, I believe that's exactly what God wants to help us. 
Come on. You know, I'm not talking about the fear of the Lord that brings knowledge and brings wisdom. I'm talking about the, the fear that God is not wanting to, to, to put me to death. God is not wanting to, you know, send me to, to a hell. God is wanting to save my soul. Praise God. Amen. And so you got to understand when Mephibosheth came, praise God, these words must have felt like, oh my goodness, lifting him up and, and giving him some hope in Jesus' name. And so, the, and David said unto him, fear not for I, he says, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, praise God, and will restore, look at that, do you see that in verse number seven? And will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat the bread at my table continue. Now come on, do you realize what's happening to this guy? Come on, he had a pretty tragic beginning, praise God, but he's not going to have a tragic end. Come on, he's going to eat at the king's table for the rest of his life, praise God. Come on, somebody in here, you need to realize that's exactly what God is giving you in this spiritual time in the New Testament. God has given you new life. He's given you a brand new future, praise God. And there's a bunch of fear nots that God wants you to understand and he wants you to grasp and he wants you to take right now in Jesus' name. Oh, I'm telling you right now, this is powerful in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. In fact, I don't know if I'll get to this or not, but I don't know if you understand this or not, but Mephibosheth had a son. And you want to know what he called him? He called him Micah. And you want to know what the word Micah means? The word Micah means who is like God. Come on, I'm telling you something, folks. That is powerful. Here's a kid that was dropped when he was little, didn't have much of a future. The best he could do was escape, praise God, and get someplace and hide. And all of a sudden, one day there comes a knock on the door and says, Mephibosheth, you need to come to the king's palace. You need to come to the king's house. Come on, can you realize, praise God, what's happening here? And I'm telling you, that's exactly what your life is. One day you were dead. You were dead in trespasses. Come on, I don't know if you realize that or not. This is not negative. This is reality. You and I were dead in sin, praise God. But there came a knock on our door. His name is Jesus. He said, I shed my blood for you. I redeemed you, praise God. I'm telling you, that is one of the greatest things that ever, that is the greatest thing that ever happened to us. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, hallelujah. You want to take on the name Mephibosheth? Don't sound too bad now, does it? Oh, hallelujah. And so we see that, that David, you know, the king, he had the power to do this. And David was in the process of restoring this man to the kingdom of God, no matter what. As I told you before, a lot of the, you know, I don't know where they got it at, but the Jews, they had this idea that if something like that happened to somebody, something bad happened, that it was either their, their mom and their dad sinned. You see, they believed that, their, their, that, that babies could sin in the womb. I don't, that, again, that's, that's way far-fetched. And, of course, you and I, we understand that, that. You know, in fact, that's one of the last places where innocence really is, in my opinion, is in the womb. Amen. And God looks at that. That's why I believe every aborted baby, this is just my personal view, praise God, is innocent in the sight of God. 
I do. I believe that. Praise God. I believe that our God is not some vicious God that, that takes his anger and his wrath out on that, that kind of thing. I believe God is going to restore those babies in the name of Jesus. That's the kind of loving God that you and I have in Jesus' name. Praise God. And so God has a way of doing that. And so Mephibosheth, that's exactly what was going to happen to him. And so here it is in the ninth chapter of the book of 2 Kings. Praise God. And the scripture says in verse number 8, look at this. I'm still in 2 Samuel chapter number 9. It says, And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I? You see that? That's the, that's the kind of view that he had of himself. And then the Bible says the king asked Ziba. Now notice this, Saul's servant. And he said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertaineth to Saul and to all his house. He didn't just restore this man to the kingdom. He restored everything that was lost. Praise God. And the scripture says, Thou therefore and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him, and thou shalt bring in the fruits that thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, everybody say Mephibosheth. Come on, doesn't that roll right off your tongue there? Come on, say it again, Mephibosheth. Praise God. I'm talking about the exterminating of the idol. Praise God. The Bible says that thy, serve, thy master's son shall eat bread always at my table. And so you've got to understand that's what God has done to us in the name of Jesus. Now again, that's an Old Testament story. I understand that. And the scripture tells us that the Old Testament was written to us for our admonition, that you and I, we could learn some things so that we can look at a story like that and we can get some spiritual seminence, praise God. And I believe that's what the Lord wants to do here tonight. He wants to restore some spiritual insight to somebody here tonight in the name of Jesus. I'm going to give you three groups of scripture tonight and I want you to think about this well, praise God. Look at um, Galatians chapter number four. I want you to see something here. The Bible teaches us, of course, in the New Testament, a lot of things are, are, are brought about in the Spirit, and we thank God for that. But here, listen to what the Word of God says. Look at Galatians chapter number 4, and it speaks well of this. Chapter number 4, and I want to begin reading in verse number... Um, well, look at verse number 1. Let me just begin reading in verse number 1. It says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so we, everybody say, that's me. It says, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. That's exactly where we were, folks. And so the scripture says, but when the full, it says, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law. It says to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive. Do you see that? The adoption of sons. That's exactly what happened. That's one of the things that was accomplished because of Jesus Christ. That now you and I are adopted children unto the Lord, praise God. We're adopted in the Spirit. And I'm going to tell you something, that is not something small, praise God. That is powerful. It says, the adoption of sons, and the scripture says in verse number 6, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Do you see that? 
That's what you sense sometimes. That's what you feel, praise God. You're feeling the adoption that God has put. And he willingly did this. Now, come on. He willingly did this. Amen. All the flaws aside, praise God, no matter how damaged goods you and I were, God willingly adopted you and I. Can you say amen? I think we ought to thank the Lord again, don't you? Come on. I'm telling you something. You are adopted of the King. He is restoring everything to you. He's restoring everything to you. I'm talking about the whole nine yards. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Come on, you got to realize this. You get going through life, and maybe you've been dropped a few times like Mephibosheth. But I'm here to tell you, you got an adopted father, praise God, that's going to keep picking you back up. And one of these days, he's going to restore everything of the kingdom back to you in the name of Jesus. That's what the sonship is. You know, it reminds me of the story of the prodigal son. You know, remember that? You know how he went out of, the, out of the household and he went and he spent everything he had, everything that was accumulated. But boy, one day he realized he didn't have it so bad in the house, in, in the house of the father, did he? And he came back. And what did that father do? That father didn't shame him. That father didn't tell him to get lost. That father didn't tell him that he wasn't worthy anymore. The Bible says that that father willingly put that ring back on his finger. That father willingly, praise God, said, you go ahead and slay that fatted calf. We're going to have us a party tonight because my son who was lost is now back, praise God, and he's going to be restored fully in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, folks, that is powerful stuff. That's where you and I are at right now. And so you and I are like a bunch of Mephibosheths. You know, we've been dropped. We've been abused. We don't think we're worthy of nothing. But the king one day called us. Come on. He said, you come on down here, praise God, and repent of your sins. You go ahead and get yourself baptized in the name of Jesus. And guess what? I'm going to give you a down payment. I'm going to give you some earnest. I'm going to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And you're never, ever going to be the same again. Oh, you better believe it in Jesus' name. That's what our God is doing for us, praise God, right now is He is fully restoring us in the name of Jesus. So the book of Galatians deals with this. We're adopted, praise God. God has willingly done that, praise God. And He wants to continue to do that. Let me give you another set of scriptures here. Look at Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter number 8. And look at this. I'll tell you something, folks. This is good news. This is the Almighty God that loves us. And I'm going to tell you something. He wants to help you to understand, praise God, that He really does in Jesus' name. Look at, I'm going to start reading in verse number, oh, let me begin reading in verse number 12. 8 and 12. I'm in Romans chapter 8 and verse number 12. The scripture says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. Somebody say amen. Let's quit doing that, praise God. Let's quit doing that. The scripture says, for if you live after the flesh, you're going to die, it says, or you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Somebody say, I'm going to live. The Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Do you see that? And then it goes on to say, for we, it says, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Boy, somebody needs to underline that in your Bibles. 
You need to really understand that. God did not give you the spirit of bondage, praise God, but you have received the spirit of adoption. Do you see that? Come on, that's you. That's who he's talking to right now. He's talking to you, praise God, that he willingly adopted you and me, praise God. And I thank God for that. You call me Mephibosheth all you want. Praise God. I'm telling you right now, I'm glad I've been adopted. I'm glad that my king came into my life one day and restored me. Praise God. I'm going to tell you something. That's what God has done for us. That's a full, that's a full adoption. Praise God. And so that's what he's done, praise God. And so the scripture says that we don't have the spirit of, of bondage, but we have the spirit of, adopt, of adoption. That's why whereby we cry, Abba, Father. It's in us, folks. Because of that adoption, we can call him Father. And the scripture says, and the spirit itself, come on, this is what's happening to many of you. And you're going to have to respond to this. This is what we need to learn to respond to. Respond to what? The Spirit itself bearing witness with our spirit. I'm going to show you in just a second how that happens, praise God. But it is happening every day if you will allow it. Come on, God's Spirit will bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Come on, I'm telling you something, folks, that's pretty big. That's huge, praise God. And then it goes on to say, it says in verse number 7, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Do you see that? Come on, you and I are going to live and reign with Him. Come on, Jesus, is, that's what you and I have to look forward to, praise God. And so the scripture says that we are joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. And then it kind of puts a little tail on this. I always like to, to, to remember this when things are getting a little rough in my life. Look at this. In verse number 18, it says, For I reckon, or I calculate, that's really what the word means there. It says that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Praise God. That's where you and I are headed. And one of the reasons you and I are headed there is because God has adopted us. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Look at somebody tonight and say, I don't mind being a Mephibosheth. Come on, let that roll off of your tongue. Mephibosheth. I don't have a problem doing that. Come on, he was restored, praise God. And you and I, we're getting the same thing in our lives in the name of Jesus, praise God. Listen to me. One of the reasons I feel so uh, a part of emphasizing this tonight is because the question is asked, how should our lives be different, be different once we realize that our God is a loving Father who adopts us into his family? How should our lives be different Come on, I'm telling you folks, everything should be different. Everything should change, praise God, because of what God has done in the name of Jesus. Now let me show you how this happens, praise God. Look at the book of Titus in the New Testament, the book of Titus. Thank God for adoption. Oh, I thank God for what he's doing in Jesus' name. Look at Titus, and I'm going to go to chapter number 3. The Bible says in verse number one, I'm going to start reading in verse number one. The scripture says there, it says, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. It says to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, 
is showing all meekness unto all men. It says, for we ourselves also were sometimes foolish. Say, that's me. It says, disobedience. It says, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and hateful, or envy, hateful, and, and hating one another. All of us were dropped. All of us have flaws. See, that's the deal. That's how we came to God. We didn't come to God some perfected person. We came to God when we were imperfection. We're in imperfection. And so the Bible says in verse number four, look at what happens. And this is your adopted, this is your God. It says, but after that, the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared. Do you see that? That's a oneness scripture, by the way. Do you see that? God, our Savior. Who's our Savior? Sounds to me like Jesus and God are one. Praise God. Well, the scripture says in verse number five, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Come on, you and I, we didn't have anything to do with this. It says, but according to his mercy, he saved us by what? By the washing of regeneration, praise God, and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. How many glad tonight that you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Come on, I'm telling you something. There's where your adoption papers are at. Come on, I'm going to tell you something. When you repented of your sins, you went down in the name of Jesus. God took care of your past, but I'm going to tell you something. He gave you an earnest. He gave you a down payment. He gave you a guarantee that he is adopting you, praise God, by the, by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. And the scripture says in verse number six, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. That's what God did. He didn't spare nothing. And you and I, you, we, we, we can understand that, praise God. That's why you and I must understand that he didn't give us a spirit of bondage. Come on, this is what some people tell us, you know, when we want to, you know, when we want to put some holiness in our life, when we want to start making some improvements in our own life, we want to get closer to the Lord. There's a lot of people out there that want to consider that bondage. That's not bondage. That's freedom. That's the power of God coming into a person's life and saying you can live above this sin thing, that you don't have to be under bondage to sin in Jesus' name. And that's what God has done. That's the difference, folks. That's the difference. Let me show you what God does when, 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 when he does this kind of thing. Look at Romans chapter number 6. Let me show you this real quickly here. Romans chapter number 6. And again, this is what God does. He does this freely because he loves us. Not because you and I are worthy, but because, you and I, because he loves us so much. That's the motivation behind our God. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something. I hope that our lives can start to, um, start to reflect that. Don't let the bondage of this world eat you alive. You rise above it. You consider yourself a Mephibosheth, praise God. God came to you. He knocked on your door. He said, you come to my house because I'm going to restore something. And by the way, Mephibosheth, you're going to be eaten at my house for the rest of your days. Come on, I'm here to tell you, you and I, we can come to the house of God. We can come to a prayer meeting. We can come wherever we want, and God's going to feed our hearts and our souls. That's exactly what he's doing in this hour. Praise God. Praise it's God. for him in Jesus' name. Praise God. 
And so the scripture says, I want, I want to show you something here. You know, a lot of times people misunderstand the fact that when you come to the Lord, that you're never going to sin again. And I don't, I'm not here to encourage that to happen, but I'm here to tell you there's a big difference here, and I want to show you what, what happens, what God does through his adoption um, situation. The scripture says in verse number um, uh, verse number 9, 6 and 9. I'm in Romans chapter 6 and 9. It says, Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more, everybody say dominion. dominion. He did it once and now it's never going to happen again. And so you and I must understand that's what's happening to you and I. Now listen, I hope that you'll get this. The scripture says, For in that he died, he died unto sin once. And then it says, But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Now, come on, Christian, this is what, where you need to go with this. It says, likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And it's going to mention three things here that I want you to see, praise God, when it comes to that relationship. The Bible says in verse number 12, let not sin therefore reign. The word reign there comes from a Greek word that means to rule. Now, that's a whole lot different, praise God, than occasionally falling into sin. And I'm certainly not advocating that. I'm just saying that you and I still have this treasure in earthen vessels. And so from time to time, we're going to make mistakes. But that's a whole lot different than having sin reign in your life. Now, this is what the adoption process takes place. And this is what he does. Amen. Is he takes the ability for sin to rule in us away. And the Bible says, in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. It says, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but everybody say yield. yield. Now, you have been set free. You and I have been set free. We don't have to yield to sin. We can begin to yield to God. Come on, this is what God wants you and I to understand. This is why he adopted us, so that you and I could live and reign with him. And he gave you and I a down payment called the baptism of the Holy Ghost that is never, ever going to go away. And so the Bible says there, it says that we don't have to yield to these things. And so the scripture says, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead. We talked about before, how should our lives look after we realize what God has done? How should our lives look? Well, in my opinion, they should look like we're yielding to him. Like we have no problem doing what God wants us to do. That we have no problem going where God wants us to go. That we have no problem doing what God wants us to do. Now come on folks, this is what the adoption process brought into our lives. Is the ability to do that. You and I are sons of Almighty God. Come on, that's what He did for us. He took away the ability, praise God, for sin to rule in our lives. And He gave us the ability to begin to yield to Him in the name of Jesus. And the last piece to this puzzle is found in the, in the next verse here. Look at this. It says in verse number 14, For sin shall not have dominion. There it is. Come on, that's what the deal is right now. It's not that you're a perfect person, that you're never going to make another mistake. It's the idea that, that sin doesn't rule in you. And sin doesn't have the dominion in your life like it used to. Come on, is there any son of God here that recognizes that? Come on, that's the deal right now. That's the joy that the Lord puts in our hearts in the name of Jesus. 
That's what spiritual adoption does. Come on, and you and I, we could, just like Mephibosheth, he couldn't have done this on his own. He had to have David do this for him. But David willingly did that for him. David had no problem restoring Mephibosheth. And remember something, folks. He did that just for Jonathan's sake, for nothing else. He said, because Jonathan and I were friends, praise God, I want to do kindness to this person right here. He didn't deserve it, just like you and I didn't, don't deserve it. But God does it for us, praise God, because of his kindness and his righteousness and his loving, lovingness in Jesus' name. That's what God does. So sin doesn't have to rule in us, praise God. We can begin to reel ourselves to the Lord instead of to sin, and that means that sin is no longer going to have that dominion in Jesus' name. What a beautiful story, folks. What a beautiful story. That's what the Lord has done for you and I, praise God. And so that's what adoption brings. Now you think about it, praise God. You know, the great experience of being born again of the water and of the Spirit is only the beginning. It's only the beginning, praise God, of the blessings of the Lord or the blessings that God has in store for us. Think about it. Amen. He's got a lot of things that he's going to give to you and I, that he's going to share with you and I, praise God. Look at this. I want, to, I want you to see this, um, and I'm just about done here. Look at Ephesians chapter number 1. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter number 1. The Bible says there, in verse number, um, well, let me begin in, in verse number 11 there. The scripture says there, it says, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. It says, being predestinated. It says, according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Now, you've got to understand something there. People have misconstrued the word predestination. They say, well, God's just got to select people that he's going to save. The rest are just out of luck. That's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about there, and especially in that context right there, is he's talking about the plan of God. The plan of God has been predestinated since the foundation of the world. You have to understand, God knew exactly what was going to happen, praise God, in the garden. He knew all the things that were going to take place. And by the way, he knew everything that was going to take place in your life. But yet he filed the adoption papers. He filed the adoption papers with your name on it. Come on, that's what, you're, that's what our God is, did, has done for us, no matter what. And then the scripture says that we should be to the praise of his glory. It says, who first trusted in, God, in Christ. And then in verse 13 it says, in whom ye also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed and were sealed. Do you see that? You know what the word sealed means there? It means that God confirmed it. Confirmed it by what? It says, it says, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So those of you that have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, praise God, you've already got the confirmation in your life. And those of you that don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, let me just give you a little insight right now. It's for you. Praise God. Peter said to them on the day of Pentecost, he said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. And ye shall, ye shall, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Why? It says, For the promise is unto you, unto your children, unto them that are far off, even as many as our Lord God shall call. I'm telling you, God is still filing adoption papers. He's still 
Bible saying you can come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden in labor, and I will give you rest. That's what God is doing, praise God. He's doing that today. He's going to do that again tomorrow. He's going to do that again next week. That's what God is doing in this hour, praise God. He is well, He's issuing those adoption papers. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. So in conclusion, praise God, we should live our lives with confidence. Come on, we really should. It says that we are loved and accepted by God. Folks, this idea of I'm going to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, that's not what the Scripture talks about. The Scripture talks about the fact that God has accepted me in the beloved. That's what He's done. That's what God is doing in this world in the name of Jesus. And so we should literally declare within ourselves that we are blood-bought children of the living God, and as such, all, come on, all the, Mephibosheth, he, just about, yeah, yeah, Mephibosheth, yeah, yeah, say it, Mephibosheth, you do it, you're better than I am, praise God, he got it all, praise God, when he got into the house of the king that day, praise God, the king told him that from now on, this is where you're going to get your meals, in Jesus' name. If you want to go down to McDonald's and get one of those second-rate things, that's up to you. But I've got, a, I've got a king's meal right here for you in the name of Jesus. Come on. Is anybody going to partake of the Lord? Come on. Why don't you stand with me right now? Why don't you lift up your hands right now and rejoice in Christ Jesus? Come on. That's exactly what he's done. That's what the Lord has done in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's look at what the Lord has done. Oh, come on. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm going to praise his name. Oh, that's what I'm going to do. Come on, let's lift him up. Let's give him the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be to the name of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Let me leave you with this last thought. Come on. Why don't you consider how far below you've been living in your privileges? And I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to criticize you. I'm just saying, why don't you consider that? And say, man, from here on out, I'm going to start living the way God wants me to live. I'm going to live free, praise God. I'm going to live as a blessed child of the King, praise God. Because God has already given me the confirmation. It's called His Spirit. And I'm going to tell you something. That means within me, that Spirit of God matches or, or, or connects with my Spirit. And I can begin to call upon the Lord, Abba Father, in Jesus' name. You can do that every day of your life in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. That's it. That's what the Lord has in store for you right now in Jesus' name. Lay your hands on somebody right now. Come on and pray for them. Ask, ask the Lord to touch them. Ask the Lord to confirm that in them in the name of Jesus. This